Yes, people, it is episode, I don't know what, of Chris Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Are you well? Uh, yes, this is a, a, move, a roving podcast. It's a roving one. It's moving. I can't say what time of uh, the day it is because I'm roving. Because um, but I can say this for insurance purposes. I am on a social and pleasure journey. <laughs> Uh, but yes, people, how are you doing? You good? Um, right, it's it's um, it's been it's been an uneventful week, I guess, in comparison to the previous week. There was so much to talk about. Um, I guess I can say um, at the beginning of the pod that there probably won't be a dear Deirdre at at this pod um, because I won't be able to read it while driving, and I don't foresee stopping driving. This journey is like an over an hour. This journey, so um, I don't think I'll be. Don't think I'll be stopping anytime soon. Um, but yes, what's it going on in my life? I had my last day at work on Friday. Um, met my colleagues for the first time. Just a bizarre world we're living in, right? Absolutely crazy world we lived in. Where yes, I met my colleagues for the first time, um, and it was, it was they're nice. They're nice people. It's a shame I didn't get to meet them um, earlier on in my in my work life. But um, it is what it is. Had wine, drank wine, because uh, we, we were meeting. That's the second time I drank since since December 19. Um, I like to say the second time I drank since December 19 because to say it's the first time I drank since May this year doesn't seem as long. Like if I say it's the first time I drank since May this year, it makes me sound like I've got a problem. Whether it's the first time I drank since December 19, it's like oh, how comes you weren't drinking? It's like it's more of a conversation starter. Rather than uh, everyone awkwardly looking at each other around the table going, oh, okay, are you meant to be drinking? <laughs> like, you know I mean, who's your sponsor? So, no, um, said that, and um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's nice to just sip the wine. But I can't lie, though. I can't lie. Uh, soon, as soon as I drank about two or three glasses of wine, it's like the old synapses in the brain started firing. They're like, hey, Darren. You should call your mates and see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't go out often, Darren. You should try to make this, you know, a night-night. Let's go out-out. I was like, what are you doing? Go home. I just, I just forced that, that voice down, silenced that voice. It, it was there, though. It was rising up. It was like, come on. Let's go out. You know that Filio and Jay are in town. They're at Top Secret. Just go meet them. These guys, look, people are leaving this night early you can just leave it early i was like yeah yeah good but no <laughs> so i said um to start a new job on monday and um that's where i'm going it's where i'm going so it's going there um start a new job on monday and yeah and it's, it's 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 gonna be eventful i wonder if you can hear me i'm driving through a tunnel right now so if the audio is terrible here there's nothing I can do about it. But, um, yeah, first day in the job, I thought I'd be headed back to the office full-time, back in the office. And then I get an email on Friday to say, you ain't going to the office, my friend. Uh, you are going to site. And I'm having to drive to site now. So, again, it's my first day in the office isn't even going to be my in the office. Not going to meet colleagues. It's going to meet one colleague. 
and then um, the rest will have to wait till tomorrow. But it's going to be interesting going back in the office five days a week, because that was the thing as well. So when I uh, took the job, it was like, uh, it wasn't sold to me. I just asked about, you know, flexible working. The world's changed now. Since the lockdown, everyone's capabilities, every company has now invested in their capability for their staff to work from home. Even if it's not optimal, they're able. Yeah, they've, they've all invested in that. So I was asking, you know, what's the feasibility of working from home? You know, I've got a young child and stuff. If you could, if I can be, be home um, if possible. And I was like, yeah, look, do what? Here's the, here's the thing. Tuesday and Wednesday, you have to be in because that's where, like, lots of meetings happen. It's, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. But every other day of the week, you know, if you've got stuff that you need to do at home, um, you know, then as long as the work's being done, you know, it's not what can anyone say? And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. And then the week before I join, because I have access to all my emails and stuff, um, the week before I join, they say, hey, uh, by the way, the office is reopening and we expect everyone to be in. And I was like, eh. Now, it's lucky that I liked the look of the job anyway. That it didn't actually matter that, um, no, well, it didn't matter, but it wasn't like a game changer. Like, I didn't only take the job because I could have the flexible working. Like, I liked the other aspects of the job. But I was just like, damn it. But we'll see. I'll, I'll chance it. I am going to chance it. Not this week. First week, I'll be in every day. Obviously, except for today, because I'm not in. Um, so, yeah, that's all right, people. I'm recording this Monday morning, like, really, like, 7 a.m. while driving. Um, so, what can I say? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I won't meet everyone till, till tomorrow, which is interesting. Um, but I'm trying to think, what else has gone on this week? I'm trying to... I know, like, the Little Mix thing is just dragged on, which um, I saw someone write an article saying, this is the saddest thing in pop music, arguably the saddest thing in pop music, and it is, right? I was saying to Naomi, like, right, Little Mix, nothing for me, it doesn't mean anything for me, I'm a, I'm a 33-year-old man. But with all these, like, pop bands, so these, like, the British pop bands, they tend to, like, almost, not define a generation, but they, like, a generation, especially girls... Uh, connect with that band so obviously Spice Girls before um, who would have come after Spice Girls really I guess Sugar Babes and All Saints but they still they didn't have the impact like, like Little Mix are global stars like One Direction are global stars yeah and when when you're that big so you can argue about, you know, the merit of their music, whatever. I'm not saying they're bloody Michael Jackson, right? Because it seems like that's the barometer for everything. Hey, Michael Jackson! It's like, okay, cool. But they're still uh, an impactful and influential group, whether you like their music or not. Like merchandise, people knew their names, uh, people were interested in them individually. But it's it's them as the group is what people like. Like if you think about how much noise was made when Jesse left the group, uh, yeah, it's big news kind of thing. So people want is the group going to continue? Like do people care. So for, for so there's a generation of girls uh, who are probably now women who grew up 
watch a little mix and you know they'll be in the playground talking about who their favourite one is and they'll be you know reenacting being little mix and all that good stuff all that wholesome stuff right and then this shit happens where they're now all firing shots at each other little mix apparently released a diss track they've got they've got i haven't read the lyrics it's probably something very weak and tepid and doesn't really mean anything through just the newspapers read into it but the fact that there's even lyrics in there people oh is that shot at jesse like what's gonna happen now jesse's gonna sing a diss track back is it gonna be beef but it's gonna be mad for a generation of girls that you know the group that they probably looked at for sisterhood and unity um you know, girl codes. It's, I'm a guy. I need to speak to an actual, you know, woman about this. You know, is is girl code sisterhood? Is that real? Like, I mean, across women. I mean, amongst your friends, maybe. But you know, every woman I've ever been with has got friends that they argue with. Not even argue with. Just seem to slag off. So they just moan about. I was like, why are you friends with these people? Like, don't your friends annoy you? He's like, no, they're my friends. <laughs> He's like, no, that's how guys' friendships work. Not to the point where we moan about them for ages after, no. Sometimes we moan about our friends to you just to show you a bit of like camaraderie. Like, we, if it was left to us, we wouldn't moan about our friends. But um, yeah, is it real? Is that is that sisterhood real? Cause cause women, cause it's like, it's like guys seem to fall into formation pretty quickly. Oh, I think we're pretty good at that. Like where it's a guy you know really well or don't know, you just seem to just like sip your drink and turn a blind eye. Guy code. Something to do with me. Unless you know the woman really well, and even then, I see some guys just do some terrible things. And I'm not saying it's all good. I'm not saying it's all. Um, some of it's toxic, you know. You got to keep your friends accountable. With, but I've heard stories, right, of um, of like, right. I don't know who exactly. I'm not saying anyone spe- specifically, but I'll give you like this. So let's say a guy is dating or with or married a girl and he's friends with her brother right and the two guys would go out and do a madness chatting up other women get with other women and the brother feels no way about that and doesn't tell his sister right so I'm not so that's that's guy code but that's really the toxic end of it <laughs> That's a toxic end of it. I mean, is there a... Where it's like, I don't know, that positive end of that guy code, where just guys just generally just get on with guys they don't really know too well. And we don't need to be best friends. I think that's the, it. I think that's it. I think I've said before in the pod, as men, it's just so much better at um, generating superficial friendships. Like, we don't need to be that deep friends with you. Like, we can talk about very trivial surface level things. That means you have no real insight of who I am as a man. As opposed to, you just know I support Tottenham I'm from Essex And tonight I'm drinking That beer 
because you've asked me do I want a drink and that's kind of what you know about me um, you start about football and then you may talk about women but again not on any deep level you might have little anecdotal moans about your partners um, and then the conversation might get loose <laughs> this one time yeah this one girl I was seeing and then you go, your girlfriend and wife comes like, what are you guys talking about nothing football nothing <laughs> and then you're like yeah that guy's a really cool guy he's really cool you know, yeah, like you don't actually know anything about him, but he's, yeah, he's a cool guy. Do you swap numbers? No. We, no, we didn't swap numbers because next time we see each other is when you two organise something. And the girl's like, we well, just don't hang out together. And we're like, yeah, cool, we can. Yeah, sure. But, you know, we're not going to die if we don't because we have our own friends. Whereas, like, I said, like, women don't seem to have that superficial friendship. So like, they talk about real deep stuff. You know, it's just I feel like the relationship with my mother has become like so strained in the last six years. Just like, why are you talking about that to this girl you've met in the toilet? You don't know her. Just bare ammo to be used against you. <laughs> I, mean, I just think that me and my boyfriend just right now, we're just not in a good place. Just like, stop talking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, what else happened? The M- oh, this is so bad, I'm going to say. That MP got killed. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. Um, I knew he was a Conservative MP in Essex. I want to say, like, West, South End. South End West, maybe in his constituency. Not sure. But, um, yeah, he got, he got stabbed. And I guess what I want to talk about with this is how people have reacted in terms of... Uh, I saw a few posts just on that kind of conspiratorial thing because obviously you had the bow and arrow killer in, in Scandinavia, which, do what? What am I going to say? Uh, I say Scandinavia, in Norway, is um, we always bang on about how great these Scandinavian countries are, right? These Nordic countries, um, which they, by all means, they do sound good. High taxation, but lots of free stuff. Free, I think they have free healthcare, but free education up to master's level. Um, they have their rehabilitative prisons and stuff like it's all good but their outliers are always nuts like you've got Anders Breivik who shot up the school you've got the bow and arrow killer like in the UK we don't have the great you know education to, to masters you know we don't have the rehabilitative prisons but we don't tend to have mass killers using bow and arrows. Now, we do have mass killers. Every society does. But, I mean... Our killers, you can make a Netflix documentary about. Their killers, you can make a Netflix series about. You know what I mean? Their, their killers just always a bit more mental. It's a bit more nuts. Ours is like, oh, it's a two-part documentary. You may actually have to split one episode between two killers. Because, like, yeah, he did this job, he did that, he did that, he got to this position, that's how he ended up killing people. Whereas, like, the ones in, in Scandinavia, they all seem to have, like, a manifesto of, of why they're doing it. It's just like, Jesus, is this guy real? 
know. But, um, but what I was going to say, someone did like a side by side of how, how it's all been, um, how it's all been covered, you know, like, oh, look how this one's been called a terrorist attack, the killer of the MP, and how this one, you know, they're talking about mental illness, about the guy in, in Norway. Here's the thing people, I think a lot of people don't appreciate, is that there's no internationally recognised uh, definition of terrorism. There's none. I think there's, I feel like the last kind of like 130 definitions. There's none. There's like the UN don't have, like, there's not agreed one by, by the UN or anything like that. It's uh, by NATO or there's no agreed definition. But in the UK, after the killing of Joe Cox, the definition was, I'm not sure it's changed or amended to basically say any threat on a politician's life will be treated as an act of terrorism. And what happened with that politician was he got murdered. And basically the general through thread of all definitions is, um, is acts of violence for political ends towards political ends you know so if you bomb up if you bomb like a train station because you're independent for your people that's to a, towards a political end so on two kind of counts on the general definition even though it isn't a agreed definition across you know the world and on the just the UK legal definition that's hands down terrorism no two ways about it so to compare and then what happens to these things as well because again I don't really know the details of the Norway one so it may have been towards political ends but it's always a thing of it's like I get when people go well the Norway one should be terrorism then as well like fine because I, like I, I don't know the details of it maybe that's the case but it's when people try to go nah that means the, the murder of the politician shouldn't be terrorism. It's like, you what? Uh, whatever this country, like, actually, in practical terms, is democratic, you know, like the way our voting system works, on paper, <laughs> we're meant to be. Yeah? On paper, we're meant to be. So you can't have your politicians getting stabbed. There's one thing if he's been stabbed in Tesco and it's, you know, it's just an argument with a nutcase in aisle five. But he's actually at work doing a surgery, you know, talking to his constituency and someone runs in and murders him. I mean, like, that seems quite... That, that seems that that would probably strike some terror in the people that are there, right? I know, I feel, I feel like that's... Come on, man. You are a whole lorry. How's that space? Tell you what, this. <laughs> now, do what? I, my friend who, who's. Uh, I'm not sure if he still does it. Uh, but he, he used to be a HGV driver and he said the worst drivers are actually smaller vehicles because they think they're more nimble and they think they can just you know, go into spaces that aren't necessarily there. Whereas, you know, big lorries, they need more you know, lead time 
before they make a, a decision on it. But um, but that lorry there, like this is a big old, there's tonnage on the back of this lorry. And um, the way he just pulled out, like it was like it was nothing. It's just, yeah, I'll just pop into that little space, like it's a micro. Like you are not in this micro. Anyway, all right, well, I was banged on about uh, terrorism. Terrorism. Yeah, I just, um, you know, well, I, yeah, people go the other way and say, oh, you know, the king of the MP shouldn't be classed as terrorism. So like, what are you talking about? It's, it's hands down terror, man. Oh, dear. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Um, what else has happened this week? Um, I was watched Tottenham yesterday, and, um, no, that was good. We won. But if you watched the game, you would have seen some of the heart attack in, in the crowd. And um, I need to see it again. The pl- I swear it was the players who drew the referee's attention to it. Um, I think they're basically saying, look, we don't want to play while someone's potentially dying in the crowd. Um, it was just nuts. It was just um, crazy. The irony of it all, though, was that... Um, David Ginola, who I completely forgot, suffered a heart attack a few years ago. He was a pundit. Obviously, he's Newcastle, he's ex-Newcastle and ex-Tottenham. So he's like the perfect pundit. They could have Les Ferdinand if they wanted as well. Um, Stephen Carr. There's been shopping for all of them. But if you want someone sexy, you get David Ginola. Man, that man is a good-looking man. Stay, he was good looking while he was younger and he's good looking now so French <laughs> but um, yeah he was he was there talking um, he was a pundit so for him to be there when someone had a heart attack and he was basically just saying about you know how everyone should be trained to CPR and it's so crazy because it's one of those things that I 100% agree with yeah, I haven't taken any action towards learning how to do CPR. I learned how to do baby CPR. Um, obviously, when before Zadie was born. Um, but yeah, I need to do what. Sorry, guys, I'm distracted because I'm driving on the M1, and I'm looking at the traffic going the other direction, which I'll have to come back down. Um, you know, later in life, and that looks foul where I, I'll have, I'm trying to make a mental note, lock it in, Darren, make the mental note to not drive the M1 route coming home. Do not drive M1 route coming home, because that looks nuts. I mean, it may be cleared. It may be cleared. Maybe the other route I've got to go will be just as busy. But at least I, I know... That if I'm if I'm not sat, if I'm sat in that on the way back, that's my fault because I've seen it. Whereas if I'm sat in different traffic, then oh, I wasn't to know. I wasn't to know. But uh, back to the the heart attack thing. Yeah, so CPR. Everyone should learn CPR uh, and first aid. Um, like I think that should just be taught. Um, you know, it should be to me. You should have the same attitude as a driver's license, like. It should be essential to be like a functional member of society. Again, I haven't got it myself. I know this. <laughs> but I think it should be. I think it should be something that's taught. I think it should be essential. 
every stage of education you should have to do this course just a refresher and have a you know certificate because it's nuts to think people are dying because there's literally no one on hand who just knows how to do chest compressions and breathe it into someone's face and put them into recovery positions and things like that because um, what David Jenner was explaining was the whole point of CPR is is to keep the person um, keep the person alive until um, I saw some flashing if enemy sorry keep the person alive until um, until that like, defibrillator can come you know until the until all the machinery can be hooked up and he was also saying that although they um, don't worry about the heart so much their pulse because their heart um, you can always restart a heart he said but what you need to worry about is their brain they need to get oxygen to their brain so you just carry on doing the CPR just carry on carry on he said he was dead for 12 minutes they were doing CPR on him for 12 minutes he said they didn't realise how hard you have to compress on the chest he goes sometimes people do CPR and it doesn't work because they're too gentle on the chest um, he said he had five ribs broken five ribs broken through CPR and he goes listen because I didn't care he goes when you're doing CPR on people he goes break ribs you, you need to push deep because like when you do the training you do it on a dummy you have to push deep and then I think Kieran Dyer is going yeah and you don't realise how tired your arms will become doing it because you're pushing that hard onto someone's chest and it's just like wow it's, and yeah and I think what happened in the stand was those people on hand to do CPR there and then it's the players on the pitch I think um, Eric Dyer went sprinting across the pitch got the doctor from Newcastle to say that this is the situation need a defibrillator they ran up they got they uh, suspended the game for 25 minutes um, and got the guy stable into hospital and stuff but it's just like Jesus and they make me wonder like is this um, I wonder if the guy just you know already had a heart condition or if this was a knock on from um, Covid because I know a few people who that long Covid has kicked them all over the place like it's kicked them all over the place and it, I'll be interested to know if like that person had a heart condition before whether this is the effects of long Covid I don't know because um, I've got a, fr- a friend of mine who, uh, who suffered from long Covid when he was watching the England game um, like he was basically told if he used to like cycling competitive like quite competitive cycling and he was told if he's if he wasn't in the shape he was beforehand like Covid would have ended him it had been done Right, and his heart condition now is to the point where when he was watching the England game because he got so excited, he started seeing dots in front of his eyes, and he had to like kind of leave the game and calm down. Like he couldn't actually get as emotionally invested in the match as he wanted to because he might keel over. It's just like, jeez, no man, I don't know, I don't know. I know, I don't. But um, how long have I been talking for? I have no idea. I think probably about 30 minutes? 40 minutes, maybe? 
Um, I can't see. But like I said, I can't do Dear Deirdre. I can't think of anything else I want to talk about. So I think I'm going to end the pod there. And focus on the roads. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, I mean that's alright for a pod. For an absolute emergency pod that, um, that I didn't have any time to do this weekend. Because I was... I went to see my cousin on Saturday. Um, Zadie met her cousin who's two weeks younger than her. Um, and she met her uncle as well. Her uncle and her auntie. So it's nice. And then um, the Saturday I played football and lost 2-0. Jesus. So yeah. But uh, yeah, alright, that's it. That's the end of the pod. I'm, I'm waffling now. I've just seen... My, magically the screen's flashed up. 28 minutes I've done. Alright, I've got to get to 30 minutes. 28 minute pod doesn't seem right, does it? Have I got any... Maybe I've got a dear, dear dream in my head. Like, have I seen any dilemmas? Um, in my... Like, have I... Oh, wait. Whoa, whoa, there's one, there's one, there's one. There's one. There's one I saw, actually. It's not Dear Deirdre, but it was like... Uh, they'll ask whether the guy acted correctly boom check this out so it was online it was and uh, someone posted things so basically there's this guy called the handyman and he was called to do a job around uh, around some woman's house when he knocked at the door um, actually I should say how it's presented so it's a text message from from the woman who booked him and she goes hey you um you didn't come. How come um, you didn't do the work? How come you refused to do the work at my house? Um, because you've been a perv on my sixteen-year-old daughter, talking about she ain't dressed appropriately. And he was just like, "Excuse me, bro, that isn't what happened. What I said was, is I knocked on the door. She opened the door and she was wearing a t-shirt, and I could see her underwear, and I asked her, oh." Do you want to wait to wait until you get ready, and then I'll come in and do the work? And she went, "Nah, this I'm at home. This is how I'm dressed. So whatever in it." That's when he said, "Cool, I'll come back later when your mum's here to do the work." That's what he said. But that's been translated by the daughter to say he was perving on me because he noticed my panties and he was looking at my panties. And the mum's going, why are you perving on my six-year-old daughter? Right? And now, the six-year-old daughter's inboxing him going, you're a perv. My baby daddy's, what were you talking about? I'm too young to be dressed like that. And then he was just like, I, I refuse to argue with a kid. So it's best we don't continue this conversation. And he goes, kid, I'm 17 next week. I'm grown as fuck. And I'm gonna get, I've got a one-year-old and my baby daddy's going to shoot you. Like, What? How mad's that? Because it was a lose-lose. But he lost in the better way. You lose-lose. You go into a house of a, te- a minor who's un- like underdressed. Uh, no. For safeguarded issues, as a professional, you don't be left alone with a child that's not a child of your own care. That's not good. And... Uh, and my man didn't even say you're dressed inappropriately. He didn't even say that to her. He just said, hey, are you going to get ready? And then I'll come in. Even then, 
Now, as a parent, do you want your kids to be in the house with some stranger? Now, granted, my head immediately went, actually, it would be different based on gender. That's, that's a fact. It would be different based on gender. Um, in the sense of, I wouldn't mind a son. I wouldn't mind a son being left alone. Um, but again, it depends on the son's personality. But daughter, no. I've actually got a daughter. So yeah, Zadie, she's older. 16. And going to have, oh yeah, plumbers coming round. You just let them in. It only, it have to be a plumber that we all know. And even then, you don't, you don't know who to trust. Now, you can't wrap your kids in cotton wool, but, geez, you have to feed them to the wolves either. Because there's, hey, there's plenty of guys who would have just been like, oh, she's a woman. Especially now she's got, she's got a kid as well. Well, she's grown. You know what I mean? There's no accountability at all. She's grown. I mean, it's, it's just like, so it's nuts that this guy's acted in what, to, according to the internet and me very appropriately. But according to this crazy family, he may result in getting shot. Because what? You didn't even try it on with her. It's always in a weird way. It's like they're offended he didn't try it on. <laughs> Obviously, that isn't what they said. But what a weird outcome to that situation. Um, so yeah, man. It's. Um, it's interesting because I'm going to have to navigate all of that when I'm older. Think about it, I'm going to have a daughter and she's going to have friends. So, you know, things like giving people lifts and things like that. Because I've done safeguarding training, um, not to like super extensive level, but obviously because I did mentoring and stuff. Yeah, I would know that, for example, it doesn't matter how convenient it is. Actually, not even safeguarding. Shit. Love it for kids. I did it the other day at a gig. Um, I was at a gig and it was with my niece and her friend. Friends, my niece is a full-grown woman. Like my niece is, wait, how old am I? Thirty-three. So my niece is twenty-six. She's gonna be twenty-six. She's twenty-five. So her friend's twenty-five as well. Right? Um, I dropped them home, but I was asking my niece, "Where does your friend live?" Because basically what I was doing in my head was planning, is it a thing where it's actually where your friend lives closer to me in the sense of I'm dropping you off first, then I'm dropping them off? Or is it a thing that I'm dropping them off and then I'm dropping you off? Because basically my thing was either I'm dropping her off first, then you, or I'm dropping both of you off at the same time. But I'm not dropping you off and then being left in the car alone with your friend. Because I don't know your friend like that. I know me. I know I'm not going to do anything. But I don't know your friend like that. I don't know how mentally tapped your friend is. She might be a good friend, but I don't know. So I'm not trying to put myself in any situations. And she's like, no, no, we're being dropped off at the same time. She's staying, she's staying around mine. Now I was like, oh, right, fine. Of course, of course I'll give you both a lift. No issue. No issue. But yeah, it was just, um, but it's not, I just think, I don't think it's weird for a guy to have to think like that, especially nowadays. Um, 
it's almost automatic for me to think like that. It's like, oh wait, what does this what does this look like? What or what no what does this look like? What could this look like from the outside? And I think that's we have to act you always have to think as men, you know, what could this look like? You basically end up in situations where it's my word against hers. If you're single, then I guess that's an occupational hazard. When you're trying to get with women, that's just an occupational hazard. You're going to be in situations where it could be your word against hers, right? So in that respect, you just got to make sure that you've conducted yourself perfectly and, and at least your conscience is good. But when you're in a relationship, uh, for me, like you just don't need to be in certain situations. I don't need to be, you know, what I mean, in a car alone with with women. I don't know. Because even this, like, even a thing of uh, in the court of public opinion, even just like imagine Naomi messaged me or rings me. Oh, who's that in the car? I'm just like, oh, it's just uh, making up a name. That's Stacy. Stacy, who the fuck is Stacy? Like, I was thinking, just you know, my niece's friend. No, I don't. I don't know your niece's friend. Oh well, yeah, just dropping her home. Okay, so where's your niece? I uh, dropped her home already. It, do you know what I mean? Just it sounds booky. So yeah, people don't do that. Anyway, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Gone past half now. Always gone to forty now. With, uh, with a dear dear from my head that I, I read online there's no other dilemmas I saw online um, that I can memorise so yeah that's it people that is the end of the pod right peace 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 peace